0: welcome to casual watch talk the podcast from the casual watch reviewer youtube channel join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting the latest horology news and interviews if you're not already subscribed subscribe on your favorite podcast app let's dive into the show Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 58 of Casual Watch Talk, and today I've got a very special guest. I'd like to welcome Mark from Long Island Watches. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure.
0: I'm really fascinated. I've got a ton of questions to ask you about your, cur- your own watch brand and also Seiko as well, because I know you're quite the authority on Seiko. At least you've been carrying them for a while.
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct. I probably know more than I should. <laughs>
0: So if there's anybody out there watching this that doesn't know who you are, would you mind giving a
1: quick intro? Oh my goodness. Where have you been? Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I, say, I say that modestly. Uh, I've been, I'm one of the first people to be in the online watch game, online watch sales. Um, I started selling watches on eBay circa 2001 or so. Uh, launched the store in 2003. Um, at the same time, worked full time as an aerospace engineer. Uh, that is my that is my background, mechanical engineering. Did that for a number of years, about 13 years. Uh, around 2011, yeah, 2011. Made the full switch, went full time, uh, wristwatches, and get away from engineering unfortunately uh, and i've been building the store ever since then kind of got into my own brand now uh, just love love watches
0: oh, that's really cool i didn't realize you were an aerospace engineer but it makes a lot of sense because your youtube channel's very watch engineering focused isn't it like a lot of the how-tos and stuff
1: yeah i did um i don't know i had this i had this idea years ago to launch something called watch and learn on the channel um which you know, in the beginning I posted to a lot, I I think it's up to like 75 videos, and they're all, some of them are how-tos, um, actually my two best, my most viewed videos that actually have over a million views are How to Size a Watch Bracelet. Um, so it's what people watch, um, but I totally do it for the instructional content, or it'll be how does... What is secondhand hesitation on a Miyota movement or what does water resistance truly mean? How to use a dive vessel, all this other stuff. Uh, So I I have a a knack for taking complicated, I guess, through the engineering, for taking complicated things and kind of bringing them down to a level where, you know, a lot of people can understand. Um, I love, I kind of love teaching in a way. um, So I guess that's kind of my, my foray into teaching um, without actually getting a teaching degree. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've got two confessions. A, one of my most watched videos is how to resize an Invicta bracelet. Oh, there you go. And then the second confession is, I think I definitely used the uh, the knowledge from your how to read a bezel. On ah, that was one of the me. early
1: ones. I remember that one. Yeah, it was fun.
0: I might have passed it off as if it was my own knowledge on one of my videos, but uh, Don't worry. it's okay. It. As
1: long as the knowledge is getting spread around, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, and the um the other one that I really like that you did because I've just recently bought a Marathon a Quartz Marathon watch uh, second hand, and that the one you did that was about and I recommend anybody watch this is what it something along the the, the line of what does the a watch size mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The specs versus the actual size of the watch, and I think that's one especially when you're reviewing a watch, I think it's one of the hardest things to kind of get across.
1: That it is. There's a lot of I would say in watches. You know, I think conventional wisdom is for us to, for most people, just to look at diameter of the case. Um, that's what every, almost every watch is specced out by. But there's more that comes into it. Obviously, there's the thickness of the case, which is kind of important for wearability. Um, there's the all-important lug to lug, which people, you know, the the tip to tip on the case, which people really want to know to see how it's gonna, if it's gonna hang over their wrist or not, and then there is the dimension that's not even a number. It's just the styling of the watch. If there's a dive bezel on a watch, a watch tends to wear a little bit smaller because the crystal, you know, take a 43 millimeter SKX, the crystal is 31 and millimeters. Um, so there's, oh, what is that six millimeters on either side of the crystal? That's totally wasted. There's no watch, there's no viewability, whereas a 42 millimeter Flieger, which has no bezel, wears much, much larger than... A 43 millimeter diver it's just it's kind of crazy i definitely found out about long island watches because
0: i think before well certainly before anybody else i think online you started carrying some of german brands
1: yeah that's kind of how i started out when i started the business um online in 2000 well like i said ebay 2001 i started out by just carrying these offshoot brands that no one had ever heard of the first brand i ever sold was at LSA which I don't even know if they exist anymore. Uh, they were kind of one of those German-Asian brands. Um, you know, German, they actually came out of Germany, but they were being manufactured in China. It's really during the time when, I guess, we were feeling our manufacturing oats overseas, and, um, you know, companies were, I, I won't say past, they were passing them off as German goods. They really weren't. They were, no, they were not marked made in Germany, um, but obviously they were affordable. And uh, that was where I started, and I started in that niche, Because no one else really sold them in the States. And if I would have started from the gate selling Seiko, uh, assuming I could even get a Seiko account, which I wouldn't have been able to, uh, I would just be drowned out by the so much larger people that were already in the space. So I kind of made myself a bigger fish in a smaller pond. In a way, by selling stuff that nobody really Wanted to sell because they didn't even know it was out there. They didn't want to go through the time to research it. Um, and that's kind of how I started, and then started adding more. Gen, you know, more general brands into the portfolio to kind of bring in more people over time. So, how do you decide what brands you bring
0: on? Because you th- you've got a good mix of of well known name brands, and then you've got some of the
1: micro brands that I love, like uh, Phoebus and a few others. I how do I decide? Well, it depends. It depends how it comes to me. Um, I have a group of people that I trust highly, um, and if they recommend a brand to me, then I'll kind of take a look if I've never heard of it, and then. Um, customers will say, Hey, have you seen XYZ? And I'll say, well, yeah, I have not for me or no, I haven't. Let me check it out. Um, and then it's really just a conversation. It's, do you want a reseller in the United States? Sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. Uh, and then it's just broaching that relationship. I find a lot of micro brands, um, they're set up for What's the word? Direct to consumer. They're not looking for not that I'm the middleman. I guess in some senses I am, but they're not set up for someone in the middle to to sell the watch. So there's not enough profit built in for them and me, and to make the and attractive pricing to the customer to make it worthwhile for every party. And I would say that with micro brands, it's probably one of the largest mistakes that a lot of them make is they don't price themselves correctly out the gate. They think, oh, I'm going to just sell it myself. I'm going to sell 10, 20 a month. It doesn't matter. But then when you ramp up and you might be selling a few hundred a month, maybe your logistical system can't handle it. Uh, maybe you want another partner and now is not the time to take your watch, which last month was 299 dollars and now make it 499 dollars things like that. So I I find that's kind of like a a pitfall that people make, Uh, but that's, you know, it's not always if I like it, not my personal taste, but you know, it might be a great watch. I kind of look at it. I feel like if my customer might like it, and we give it a try. Very few brands do I get and then stop within a year. Um, I usually get them and I'm usually pretty good at it and it it keeps on rolling.
0: I think that's one of the criticisms of micro brands, isn't it, where people, they really like the watch. The quality is usually, up there but it's they're buying directly from the company so how long is the company going to be around for if if they're not successful and who services the watch so at least you fill in that kind of gap in there
1: what i've fe- what i found and you were you had mentioned phoebus and some other. i love phoebus uh easily my number one selling micro brand from the get-go i've been carrying them for i think two years i got a whole bunch in, in the in the first in the first go around, and within, I think, two days, every single piece I had was sold out. It was amazing. But a lot of micros, and, and now that I'm getting into watch manufacturing, I'm seeing this too, it's very difficult to gauge production. And a lot of times, a micro will sell out of a watch, and you'll say, hey, you're making more? And they'll say, yeah, it's going to be like six months. you know, And then by then, the the, the poker is out of the fire. It's, it's hot. We're ready to go, but there, there's no hammer to slam it. So uh, I I find that that's also a a big downfall of micro brands.
0: Yeah, I've got actually a Phoebus in for review at the moment. The new like compressor style. Oh, is that Um, the
1: PYO 29?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: I just I I have them. They're in they're in customs in JFK airport. I'll have them tomorrow.
0: (laughs) What they're doing with these bracelets is incredible. These the the engineering that goes into this bracelet, I think it puts a lot of like the bigger brands to shame. Really, the 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 solid end solid end links, the screwing, yep. yep. They're um one of the they're one of a uh, probably about three brands that I'll just review. What I'll just if they're like, will you review this? I'm like, absolutely. Please just send it over. Yeah, yeah, no, they Boulder. do. They
1: make they make a hell of a nice watch. They really, really do.
0: And, and the dials are. They're not quite at Seiko's level yet, but you can see that they're definitely going yeah, in that
1: direction. Yeah, they, they do a nice uh, ombre dial. They do just really cool. And all their designs are unique, I would say. They're, you know, a lot of uniqueness to them. They maybe
0: started off very early on with some homage. Yeah, some Mariner stuff, now, yeah. Now I totally agree. And the balance of the case as well, uh, for a, some of them are larger watches, the fitting on the wrist is Very is comfortable. Awesome. Uh I suppose because we mentioned Seiko, I'm dying to pick your brains about Seiko because I have a bit of a, not a love-hate relationship with them, but I think I've had some good luck with some Seikos, some bad luck with Seikos just with the around the movements. I think that the Turtle actually is one of the best design cases on a watch, on a larger Mm -hmm. watch ever. Okay. Big question that I've got from somebody that works in the industry is Seiko are obviously... Trying to have this race to the middle mid tier luxury, aren't they? So they've got Grand Seiko, and then the watches that were traditional, sort of like the you know, every person's watch, the the SKX and the Turtle, the Alpinist. They've crept up in price, haven't they? Recently.
1: Yes. Yes and no, but yes. I'll say I'll say yes and no. And if you want me to qualify that, I will. I actually just went through this on an, another video not long ago. Um, nothing's really changed from their perspective. Prices are still this, the list prices that you're seeing today are the same list prices that existed five years ago. The only difference now is that those list prices are being enforced and the gray market is being very successfully killed down (laughs) to a decent level. Um, So I'm not going to say they don't care about the gray market at the lower level because they certainly do. They don't want turtles out there being sold for 495, you know, in a sake authorized store but 250 on Amazon. They're trying to chase things like that down for sure. But the higher end stuff, you are not going to see that stuff, you know, for cheap anymore. Alpinist all that garbage because if you do, you're gone. And no one's going to risk, you know, they're almost taking like a a Rolex type attitude with their dealers if we find your stuff. Outside of your line of distribution, you're gone. And it's just not worth it. Um, so they are, yeah, there's a price increase, but it's not a real price increase. It's just almost they're getting rid of the price decrease, <laughs> if, if you will.
0: Yeah, so very similar to what Rolex has been doing sort of over the last three, three to five years, I'd say. Yeah, kind of kind of maintaining that they're tightening
1: they're trying to tighten their hold on the market i mean a um you know, I, I, it's a great example the little snk 809 805 what that little 30 you know what i'm talking about yes, fabric yep. strap regularly eh, 79 89 for most stores 59 on amazon the sticker on the box has always said 185 always so it's always been a $185 watch. The sticker on an SKX 173 box, which was the 007 for the USA market, always, always said $395 or $425. It was never any different. So we're just seeing, you know, the eradication of different distribution channels that are kind of that kind of pulled the price down.
0: Also, they're expanding the ranges, aren't they, of those successful ones in, in Absolutely. the middle? I think some of the newer releases, they're... They're starting to do. Maybe this is just my impression, but I feel like they're starting to do more limited editions and kind of make, trying to creep the price closer to Grand Seiko. Is that have they always done that? Or I that would see.
1: Clear? I would say that as they are as they are kind of feeling their, I almost say oats, but you know their real dive watch history. I would say yeah, they're doing a lot of LES, um, and I think because their customer base. Really, really likes the limited edition models. Um, and when I say customer base, it, it's not necessarily the people watching this or the people on the forums. That really isn't their base. Um, that's such a small part of their base. I mean, if you listened to on people online, the Seiko, the new Seiko Five divers, you would think were a failure. When in fact, it's like the best-selling models they've ever had before. Their base is the is the up-and-coming teen, young 20s, someone that wants to look a little bit nicer, not concerned that it doesn't have sapphire, not concerned it doesn't have a push-pull crown, this and that. Um, so I would say, <laughs> you know, they're doing a, a really great job of trying to get those watches out there, but I definitely see a lot of LEs. Not all the LEs make it to the States, that's for sure. They definitely do just a lot of stuff overseas. Um I, if we get Le's over here, they're not the greatest ones. Um, you know what? What did they do? They did the um, uh, the Brian May, the uh, yeah, yeah, the guitarist. They did that, and that was an Le of like four thousand pieces. Okay, I got two of them. So you can imagine how spread out the brand is. You know, worldwide. You know, and from from a worldwide perspective, you know what's going on. And you know, when we think Seiko. Again, I'm in the U.S., so I think Seiko USA. I think state bound, but there's a whole global economy um, that they're marketing to. Yeah, so a lot different.
0: It's funny you say that. I went into a, a jeweler local to me uh, at the weekend, and they had literally like used Rolex. Then they had um, Bell and Ross, and then they had the Seikos. And uh, uh, the, the dials on the Seikos definitely stand up. I think the more you yeah. know about them, um, like you say, like the watch the watch the watch collectors that are a smaller portion of the the thing right. definitely yeah uh, you know question if the movements are, are comparable in price but um i mean i think i mean seiko are already doing really well i think if they had one of those those watches if they could make a spring drive movement in like the 1500 dollar mark i think they would just dominate i don't, I don't yeah. know why they don't because it's obviously just a, a complete evolution of mechanical movements a spring
1: drive right I'm wearing mine. Oh, really? <laughs> yes.
0: Is it, Oh, the, the LX, uh, LX? Yeah.
1: I'll, throw, I'll show the people at home first, and then I'll show you. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to see that, $1,500. There's so much that goes into it. Um, I, I just don't think it's possible for them to even do it at that price point. I really don't. And plus, they're not going to put it in a watch where the fit and finish might be circumspect. You know, it's a, it's a pride thing for them, which I know a lot of people laugh. At all, oh, pride, have you seen their chapter rings? Whatever. Um, for them, it's, you know, this is their crowning achievement, the spring drive movement. We're not going to put it in a regular diver case. It's going to be in something super special. It's going to have great finishing. The hands are going to be, you know, phenomenal. Uh, in this case, it's a, this is not a Grand Seiko. Um, it's a Prospex. It's got the Prospex X on it, but it's titanium. Um, and the finishing on it is phenomenal.
0: I've not seen one of those in person, but I have seen one of the, um, one of the previous titanium grand Seiko's. And I've got this like running joke on the podcast about Omega making such a song and dance of their titanium case on the Omega, um, the J- new James Bond one. But when you see it in comparison to what, what Seiko it's polishing it almost to the point of looking like
1: stainless it steel. Looks, it looks like steel. You would never, you would never know. Um, and just, and since you said that, I'll do a quick shout out to Bertucci watches that I carry. They make, most of their watches are titanium. They're able to polish them as well. Some, they've done high polished titanium, which to me is like, you look at it and like, it's got to be steel. And then you pick it up and you're like, oh my God, it's not. So yeah, no, there's, brands are doing it. They can do it.
0: Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. Cause there was this whole like romance about titanium, wasn't it? that it had to be like acid etched and all of this, like yeah. back in the day, I think. Um, So, I, I, I mean, I'd love to ask you about that, um, your Seiko there. So, do, do you feel it's worth, because are they $5,500-ish? F- uh, yeah, they?
1: I think this was 5500 I mean, truth be told, I obviously didn't pay that, <laughs> you know, because I'm a dealer. Um, I saw it in a magazine, or somebody showed it to me. You know, people don't know I like blue watches. They'll just send me stuff at random. And I saw this, and I was like, ah. I rarely do. I have a hankering for a watch. It's very rare. And I was like, I, I really want that watch. I want to get it. And I saw it was an LE of 400 pieces. And yeah, I help Seiko out with stuff a lot. And I just kind of sent a well-placed email. Can you help me out? Love to get one. And the answer was absolutely. You know, he's got to pay for it. So I was able to. You know, so I was able to score one. Um, would I pay 5,500 for it? Oof. That's a toughie because I'm a guy that you know, I can I can I appreciate things, um, but also when I see the name Seiko and I see five grand, I'm like, well, doesn't really make that much sense, does it? Um, but once it's on your wrist, uh, it's it's gorgeous. It works great. Uh, everything about it is fantastic. Um, but that's a good question because I actually want a snowflake. Yeah, um, I do. I don't care if it's the older one or the newer one. I don't like the skyflake, but I like the snowflake the original and or, or the newer I'm not I'm not picky. Um <laughs> I so it's a good question. I don't know if I would shell out the money for it. I really don't know.
0: Yeah, they're definitely playing the long game, aren't they? Because I remember I had a boss who had a a Rolex from the 60s and he was like, "Yeah, I just picked it up for like, you know, 600 bucks at the time and like it just we all had them because they were just a great watch and now right right, there. right right
1: and then boom.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think I'll just switch gears here for for a, a second. Recently since obviously that the pandemic's been on and everything the the pre-owned watch in market has just gone absolutely insane we've got a lot of consolidation where like richmond bought Watchfinder, and a few of the other ones like Hodinky just bought crown and caliber thinking of your business now have you ever thought about getting into the pre-owned watch market or is it just a completely different it's a of-
1: completely different animal um you, you need a lot of domain knowledge and i honestly i really don't have any i have almost none um i don't know anything about stuff made you know pretty much before the mid 90s um, even Seiko, I'm a little bit hokey on him. Mean, I know my sixty-one hundred fives and stuff, um, but I'll liken it to this. Every year pre-pandemic, um, I went. I'd go to a jewelry show in Vegas, and a buddy of mine that I went to college with, but tag along because he loved to go to the antique show. And the, they call it antiques, but antiques are just it's just used watches, um, and it can be a watch that's a month used, or it could be a hundred years old used. And when you go through these halls and you see these booths and there's a glass booth. It'll be 12 feet long. And it's just 100 paddocks just lined up in clear plastic sleeves. Like it, people pull out shoe boxes and they're fold of paddocks, Rolexes, everything. It's, it's funny to see it from a from a commodity perspective rather than a collector's perspective. Um, where is I going with it? Oh, but so he's a collector of Rolex. He is a, mostly Oyster Quartz. He loves his Oyster Quartz. Um, but... I just watch him. Um, Joe, if you're watching, I don't think he is, but if he does, I'll tell him. I, I shouted him out. He'll pick up a day date and he'll look at it and he'll pull out the crown and he'll wind it to, and then he'll start talking. And it goes to a totally different language he's talking about. Single click, double click, close nines, open nines, roulette wheels, which I finally just learned about. Um, all this stuff. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, you could really get burned being a reseller. And I think that's why a lot of the Better resellers charge you know probably more than you would find it for on eBay or whatever because they are absorbing a relatively large risk, um, and not only the risk that somebody might have slipped in a fake part along the lines, um, you would never know it uh, the you know Rolex closed out you know and more and more brands are doing it they 're closing out the parts market to everybody. You have to be a Rolex certified center to get it, and every piece is inventory tagged. But I've seen the parts come in from China now, and they actually have the little ID tags on them and everything. So how do you know that if you're reselling a Rolex that it doesn't have a mainspring that's not Rolex? How would you know without physically disassembling the entire watch and reselling it um, and then going to resell? How, how you? I don't think you could know. So to me, that's just like a, it's a total no-no for me. <laughs> Seen something
0: similar when uh, used to go like used to go in and film at Bob's watches their their level of even down to the point where you would pick up a Rolex with that has the cr- the crazing on the dial but even the direction of the crazing and the cracks is dependent on the cost and stuff like that. I was just wondering w- whether you thought of it because it just seems to have gone crazy.
1: I've thought of it. I have thought of it, but it's just it's not my mo- it's not my model. I'm not a one off model kind of thing like um. If somebody is making a watch and they're only going to make five of them, I don't. I want no part of it. I want something where I can make a listing and I can order 10, order 20, order 30, whatever, and just keep ordering them and keep reselling them. Um, it's just kind of the way I'm set up. Uh, it's just, just my mentality, really. I'd love to speak to you about the new Islander brand because
0: I remember you... I don't know if this was the inception of it, but you started off adding all of... It seemed like you added all the bits into the turtle and the SKX that were missing. So the sapphire yeah, yeah. crystal, the be- yep. bezels and things yep. like that. Was that the genesis of the brand? Or
1: the, ge- well, the genesis of the brand is, you know, I started out selling parts, you know, watch mod parts. I realized there was a large, kind of a good market for it in this, in this country. So I started getting comfortable with all that stuff. And then I would say... Pandemic's killing pandemic's killing dates in my head. Uh twenty No, they were in twenty twenty one. Right? So twenty twenty. I gotta think about it, right? Uh so there was no Basel in twenty twenty it was canceled so I was in Basel in twenty nineteen. Uh so it was twenty eighteen someone told me that I that I'm very friendly with in the business, said, you know, you've got such a following and this is three, almost three years ago now, you know, you should really launch and market your own line. And I'm like yeah, I'm really not interested. Uh, and then 20, I hope I got the dates right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. 2019, when I was in Basel, I discovered from Seiko that the SKX was being discontinued. Officially. Official word from the official person that made the official decision. Um, and being that I had sold the prior year, I think three or 4,000 SKXs, um, it was a significant portion of my business. And I said, Geez, so I got to make something to fill this gap. Uh, and that's really the inception of the Islanders. The only reason the brand was started was to fill a financial gap that was going to occur in the company. I said, jeez, I can build an SKX cheaper, but with better specs. The only thing it's missing is ISO certification, but it's Sapphire, hand wine, hacks, solid end link bracelet, solid link bracelet, good clasps, excellent loom, ceramic bezel inserts, blah, 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 blah. And so that's really the genesis. And then from there, it kind of, you know, branched off into other Seiko homages, if you will. Um, you know, I just did. It's funny. I happen to be sitting here. I just did this one. I uh, just launched. This oh, is a like waffle. It? No. It's actually it's like a samurai case, but samurai. I'll show you the viewers now. It's like a it's a waffle dial. Uh, yeah, man. I think I got it. Yeah, it's a it's a waffle dial. Um, so it it's led into a lot of Seiko homage orf shoes, and then it's also led into a lot of. Um, just making my own watches, my own designs, um, my own stuff, but it's like one funds the other. The Seiko Homage or the Seiko Divers, those fund everything else because they sell you know rather well. Um, you know, so I'm wearing kind of this explorer dial, if you will, almost like an, an everyday piece. Uh, I did these, I did, did a field watch, I did a pilot's watch, and there's more and more stuff coming kind of on the pipe. I'm working with different manufacturers to do different things. Um, so, the, like I said, like your original question was, what was the Genesis? The Genesis was basically necessity. It was filling a hole, and it turned out to be the number one selling brand in the store, by a long shot.
0: So these are not... Because you originally started off modifying actual Seiko's.
1: So I started off... Yeah, it was, that was a Your Watch, Your Way poster. Um, <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I started out doing this because I noticed... You know, people were buying SKXs, and then they were buying the inserts from me, and they wanted me to put them together. And I really don't want to put them together. I've, you know, I, I don't have enough time to do any of this work. Um, so I teamed up with, um, with a watchmaker that I know, and I started Your Watch Your Way. Um, you buy a watch, you would pick the bezel, the insert, the crystal, the bracelet, the hands, the chapter ring, everything you want. Um, and then we'd kit it, send it out, get it built, and then send, it, send the final product to you and your watch your way is very successful um it lasted i want that's over two years old um but then when the skx stopped uh your watch your way kind of fizzled i still do it because i'll still do orient makos and rays and i'll still do the turtles uh and the samurais um it kind of fizzled out a bit though um but then yeah i guess kind of the islander was the next thing after that because um, i realized that people just want they want a good watch they want they wanted they wanted the Seiko Diver, but they were getting upset that there was no hand winding and hacking, and you know there was no sapphire. Blah blah blah.
0: Because I've got a a turtle that we modified, and it's amazing when you put like a sapphire crystal on like a turtle or like the SKX or probably one of your Islanders. That because Seiko's the dials and stuff are like next level in terms of quality. I think they in, sure in comparison. are. Comparison. So, so which one which one is the best selling? Is it the homage to the
1: SKX? Uh, it would be the ISL-18. That's the best-selling watch. It's, um, it's kind of like a Yachtmaster lookalike. I probably have one somewhere nearby. <laughs> uh, blue dial, ceramic embossed insert, domed crystal, solid link bracelet. That's my number one selling Islander, you know, day in, day out. Uh, yeah, by a long shot. I mean, when new ones come out, new ones fly out the door, blah, blah, blah. But as far as the long game, it's that guy.
0: Yeah, and the prices are very comparable with what the, uh, if you can find an SKX009 in sort of new old stock condition now. Yeah,
1: I don't even know how much, how long, how much longer that's even going to happen. Um, you know, the last time I was offered SKX, I refused. I said, no, thank you. Um, because I'd be selling them at 400 or over to make any sort of profit. So I was like, eh, I'm like, I really, I don't want that game. I'm, I'm happy with what I've got in the Islanders.
0: So the Islander brand, you're just going to keep building on it, adding your own designs and things like that. And then, yeah,
1: it's all I've been doing. I mean, it's, it takes up a lot of my, you know, a majority of my time. Um, Yeah. I plan to just keep rolling with it, making different variations on existing models that are there. And then there's new designs. I I don't know how many new designs are in the hopper. There's probably seven or eight that should come out this calendar year. Uh, And, I like it. Just just keep doing it. I'm, I, you know, it kind of makes me proud to see it, and I enjoy it. And uh, you know, at the same time, I can kind of get away from some of the other brands in the store that don't do as well, and I can kind of, you know, slowly phase some of them out and focus myself more on, you know, what what I really like doing.
0: Yeah, it's cause it's like a a micro brand, but obviously you've got the support of a full watchmaking industry
1: behind it. I don't know what micro brand actually means as far as in terms of a definition. Um, So I guess you could call it a micro brand if you want. Um, The volume probably exceeds most micro brands. Um, But I think what's different about me than, not going to say every micro brand, but a lot of them, is that I finance it all myself. Um, A lot of them will start off on Kickstarter, which, which, believe me, I fully understand um, the necessity for it. But um, I have the cash from running a watch business for 17 years and I can finance it myself. I don't have to reach out to people and and get them invested first and go through the trials and tribulations of manufacturing which is a pain in the butt. Um empty promises this and that. I deal with all the empty promises and then, you know, I'll deliver a product at the end of the day.
0: When I asked on the Facebook group what I should ask, uh, this was like the number one thing was about the the islander watch. So, yeah, it's it's uh I think I think it's a really cool idea actually. Um like you said, because of a lot of the the modding that happened, I know I modded my Seikos. In fact, I I put the the TMI movements in mine. That I know the same family as Seiko, but I just yeah, think have like a I just think they're uh, maybe it's just mental. I just think that mm-hmm. they work better. But I yeah, be
1: wrong. yeah. <laughs> the they're all coming out of the same factory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that so many of the other micro brands are using that movement as well. I think you know nearly every watchmaker could probably work on it, or they can be easily easily swapped out. I've
1: heard I've heard you know dribs and drabs of rumors that Miyota might be curtailing some of their lower end automatic movements, um, curtailing or stopping. I started hearing rumblings of this like six to eight months ago. So Seiko might be the go to place. You know. Except for obviously Moeda's nine thousand series, which is excellent. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll s- time. Time will tell.
0: Yeah, so it might be all TMI, and then uh, Salita for the top end might be the team. yeah, it's yeah, the pretty much the, all your
1: all your ideas are going away.
0: I- I'm interested to know. Other than um, is Seiko and the Islander brand, are they the number one selling on the site? Or yeah, number
1: finding- one. No, yeah, number one would be I- would number one would be Islander. Number two would be Seiko.
0: And is there any that you bought on that? Like surprised you how they were received by the watch community either like positively or, or negatively? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, brands.
1: Phe- Phoebus is the one, as I mentioned earlier, that kind of really, really flipped my heels. I was like, I couldn't couldn't believe it. Um, couldn't believe it. Uh, anybody else that kind of outperformed? Not really. Um, there's been underperformers. I'd rather not say who they are. Um, but, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. 80 you know 20 percent of the watches brewing in 80 percent of the business 80 percent of the brand you know it it's just you've got your if i add up my top five tier brands they're probably 90 percent of of everything and then the rest is just a little mishmash of everybody else
0: and then i've got i've got to ask you one question because i think this was this whenever i go on the um your website this is the one area i'm I click on all the time and that's Uh-oh. the scratch and dent one. Ah, I, yes. I
1: don't know anybody else that does that where you... Well, it depends. It. I did a video once on scratch and dent and it was like within a day, every scratch and dent watch was gone. Um, so what is scratch and dent? Scratch and dent is, let's say we sent a watch out to a manufacturer to be repaired um, on, under warranty, um, but the person... For whatever reason, didn't take the watch back, um, that goes in scratch and dent. Uh, somebody returned something, um, my watchmaker needs to do something quick, uh, regulate it, whatever. And all those go into, just if I can't resell them as new, I scratch and dent them. Um, I try and to do too much with scratch and dent because it's again, those are single listings and they're kind of a bear to you know get uh, keep on top of. Um, but Yeah, people flock to Scratch and Dent. Like, yeah, if they know it's there, (laughs) they go all the time. And I'm amazed that, you know, all of a sudden I'll list, you know, say 40 items. And I'll check in like two or three days. I'm like, oh, my God, where did they all go? They're all gone. So, yeah, It's it's a way to, I guess, recoup capital. That's pretty much what it is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really cool because there's, a, there's a, such a, a variety of watches on there. It's not just all one, uh, one brand. And then you've got like watch straps on there as well, which is pretty cool. I'll,
1: I'll take anything, you know, anything that I want to resell that I won't. You know, I'll be honest, sometimes I just take stuff for myself. I'll say, oh, okay, well, I'll just take that and I'll kind of, I'll wear it. I'll take I'll use it for Instagram pictures or whatever. This whole interview, I've been dying to know
0: about your Instagram. Is that a clock behind you? Is that your Instagram followers? Well,
1: this is my clock. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my math clock that has, <laughs> I did a video where I solved all the equations for those that were not mathematically inclined. It was very exciting to do. Um, It's a regular, and by the way, we'll talk about the clock for a second. It's a regular quartz clock. People are amazed that they make quartz clocks with a sweep seconds hand. They sure do. I have like five Orient clocks around my house. Yes, Orient makes clocks. No, I don't sell them, Um, but I got samples years ago. They're all over my house now. Um, But a lot of your battery-operated quartz wall clocks can tick like this. There's a little motor inside that spins. Granted, the battery only lasts like a year or so. But it is very comforting to look at. Nice and smooth. Okay. Uh, comes from a company called smurl I'm not promoting it. It says in promotion S-M-I-I-R-L is a name. It's a horrendous name, but I believe it's a European company. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it came out of France, I want to say. I kept seeing it pop up in my Instagram feed. I am a mechanical engineer, right? So... Who doesn't love a mechanical flip counter like the one that used to be a Penn Station in, New, in the LIRR train station? That beautiful flip counter that, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it's a flip counter. It's tied into the Wi-Fi. It's it's logged into my account and it keeps account of your Instagram followers. Uh, it updates. You can have, have it update whenever you want. Um, you can have it update real time, which is like every 10 seconds or so. But it kind of gets annoying. Um, so I have it updating. It updates like every 12 hours, so like uh, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. So it already updated for today. Uh, and I don't know, they make them five count, five digit. They make them seven digit. I don't want to go seven digit because I'm like, well, that's presumptuous. Right. <laughs> right? And it's going to be yeah. two zeros. So I'd rather wait until I have a one in the six position, which who knows how long that'll be. I might not be around. Uh, and then I'll go for the seven digit. <laughs> no, I, I had to ask about it. I knew I was going to get a lot of questions about it. Uh, oh, yeah, no. And I mean, they're pricey. I'll be honest. I want to say it was like 300 bucks or something. But it's, you know, it's fully mechanical. They're all little windows and they flip all to, and they flip all by themselves. I actually did. When I broke, I want to say, I think, 40,000 Instagram followers. I recorded it and put it as a re- like what are they called reels on instagram i don't even know what they're called it's uh like stories or what yeah it's like yeah. a little story or something so it's there and you can actually see how it it flipped over uh, to forty thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah i think i might be inclined to get one for the youtube channel as long as it doesn't go backwards
1: <laughs> oh right, right right well yeah please that was a whole another thing man i when i hit a hundred thousand subscribers i was so excited um and then yeah it went backwards people i think started unsubscribing just just for fun <laughs> i was like no way uh but yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i mean for a watch uh, for a watch youtube channel i mean the content is great on it but it, you you you're really up there like you know it's nearly yeah it's um subs. i
1: i would say for a watch chat i mean there's a lot of watch channels over a hundred thousand i guess there's a bunch um not a bunch there's a few um but to be the store Everything I'm doing is obviously I don't have to do anything. I don't have to put any of those paid promotion stickers on because everything I'm doing is a promotion because I'm selling everything and it's, it's clear that I have you know my best interest in mind. But I mean, I try to do everything honestly and openly on, on the channel. And when if I don't like something, I will say it. Uh, I will say what niggles me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think for a store, I, I think it's I think it's it's pretty good. I'm I'm proud. I just wanted to crest that. You know, hundred thousand, and then I don't think I'll ever, see, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever see a million. <laughs> um, I, I at the rate I'm going, I think I'll be seventy-seven or something by the time I hit a million. Um, so, if I'm around, we'll see. Uh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? Because for a watch channel, like 147,000
0: is just awesome. But if you were doing one of those like makeup channels, that'd be almost a dead channel, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it (laughs) would be. It
1: would be. I know my daughter watches, you know, bunny rabbits or um, people playing with dolls. And I'm like, oh, I look at the video and I look at the creator. I'm like, she really has 2 million subs? I'm like, no way. I'm like, how... (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah. you just,
0: yeah. I suppose if you were doing it for money, you'd just play him like Minecraft all day or something. Exactly,
1: exactly. Like Mr. Beast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's uh, that's been incredible. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us on the channel. it thank been a you lot for having fun. me. I'll I'll leave the links to uh, Long Island Watches down and your and the Instagram as well, so we can get that count up. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, <really laughs> I appreciate it. it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And thank everyone, you. See you next time on Casual Watch Talk.